hey hey wizards and welcome back to the wizards of ecom podcast this is Naomi, your host today i have none other on than tyler Bragg. he is the vp of strategic initiatives at amp and he is a passionate entrepreneur helping growing brands leverage google ads to take the next step in their growth journey tyler welcome to the show yeah thanks so much for having me excited to be here and excited to share some tips and tricks that we've learned over the years uh, when leveraging Google ads. So yeah, excited to be here, excited to dive in. Super, 100%. Thank you so much for accepting, for being on the show. Um, reason I wanted to have you specifically on the show is because you have a lot of knowledge when it comes to data. So, and you you make all the data decisions, like all the decisions based on data, which is something that also we like to do, you know. Um, I think first off, I would like to go through the step-by-step process when it comes to Google advertising. All our audience are, or 99% of our audience are already selling on the Amazon platform. They are successful. They want to grow. They want to implement Google ads a strategy. Some of them also tried. Uh, Some of them also reached out and said, hey, Google ads was great the first few days, but afterwards, all the traffic, all the impressions, all the clicks, it's just like, I don't see that anymore happening, right? So uh, today I would like to talk about what are the right expectations for someone when it comes to Google advertising and Obviously, if you have a few tips or tricks to give, would love to listen to those as well. Definitely. Yeah, the first place we always try to teach our brands that come to us is, you know, is Google right for your products? Uh, When we try to teach brands about advertising on external traffic, you know, every channel, whether it's TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Google ads, or any of the other external traffic channels, uh, you need to understand, like, are your customers there, right? on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, socials, your customers are probably there, but you got you got to find them. You got to go push your product out in front of them. Uh, with Google, you need to make sure that there's search volume for your products. So there's some products that just light up on Google, right? If there's hundreds, thousands of searches specifically asking for your product, say, for example, you sell um, like a, a battery powered dust buster and people are searching Google thousands of times per month, battery powered dust buster. That's a really good indication that that's a channel for you. If however, that's your product and you do some keyword research or you work with AMP and we help you do that keyword research and there aren't search volume, there isn't search volume for battery powered dust buster. That's kind of starting to be an indication that maybe Google isn't the right channel for you. So that's the very first step is trying to determine, is this the right channel? Because if it is, it can really light up because of the buying intent behind the searches. Every day, millions and billions of people are asking Google, they're telling Google exactly what they want. So if you can tap into that buying intent, it can be a really effective and efficient channel. Uh, So that's where we start. Like, is Google the right channel for you? If it is the right channel, then we walk you through the process of keyword research, finding the right keywords to bid on building really strong ad copy so you can get good ads that can qualify the traffic before coming in. That's a very big component of Google ads. It's different than Amazon ads in that regard to where Amazon ads, you know, you kind of qualify that traffic with the image of your product on Google. You have to qualify the traffic with the ad copy. So making sure your ad copy is very clear on what the product is, making sure it's not super clickbaity. You know, it's kind of a, a common mistake in marketing is like you want to draw attention, you want to get them in. But with Google, since it's pay per click, you, you, you don't want a lot of clicks, right? You want the right clicks. 
So that's a very big component of what we try to teach our brands is really using that ad copy to your advantage to qualify and avoid some clicks because some people aren't ready to buy. 100%. Okay, so I love that you you put it that way. I see it similar to Amazon. So if you have the right amount of search volume, it should be the right place for you, right? Um, right. First thing that it comes to mind is maybe on Amazon, I have a lot of searches for this specific keyword that is describing my product, but not on Google. What would be then in that scenario? Like what would be the next step? Meaning if there just isn't search volume for yeah, uh, your product? Exactly. Yeah. If there isn't search volume, you probably want to explore other channels, right? Mm -hmm. Think about where else your customers live. Uh, the way we teach our customers is dollar one goes to Amazon ads. External traffic is not replacing Amazon ads. It's supplementing, right? Uh, so you definitely want to have an omni-channel approach in 2023 because your customers live on Amazon, of course, but they also live beyond the walls of Amazon. And this is where D2C brands have really nailed it over the years and how they've been effective and really growing uh, is because they're able to, and growing a brand, not just selling products, is they're touching their customers on multiple channels. They're constantly in front of their customers, creating that brand awareness. And I think that's the next step for Amazon sellers, right? Is for years, you know, you've had built really successful businesses by selling a lot of products on Amazon, but uh, there's a lot of successful Amazon sellers that don't have a recognizable brand, right? So that step to create that, recon that brand recognition is to show up everywhere your customers are, whether it be Google, if it's the right channel for you, Facebook, Instagram, any other channels, you have to have an omni-channel approach. So if, if um, you do your keyword research, you work with the AMP team and we say, hey, you know what? Maybe Google isn't the right uh, channel for your products or your product or products then you know you got to go think, okay, where do my customers live? Because they're not looking for it on Google. Usually the situations like this, it's because it's a newer product, right? Mm -hmm. Like if you are if you launch a new product that's new to market, um, you need to create that awareness. So mm -hmm. Instagram and socials are a great place to generate that awareness. Once you generate that awareness, you'll see people searching for it on Google, right? So established products usually have search volume on Google but it's the newer products that you kind of generate that awareness to get them to start looking for your products. Mm -hmm. I love it. Great approach. We're talking about uh, keyword research. So in this scenario, maybe you already have the keywords that are working the best for you on Amazon. Would you use the same keywords? Would you still do keyword research or what would be the next step? Definitely still need to do keyword research. Um, sometimes there's overlap in how folks search customers, consumers search Google and Amazon, but a lot of times it's different keywords. Uh, just because there's high search volume on Amazon doesn't necessarily mean that there's going to be high search volume for that keyword on Google. So you do need to start from the bottom, kind of build it up brick by brick again. Uh, but there is some overlap, right? Um, if you have long tail product specific keywords that you know convert pretty well on Amazon ads, start there. You know, Use those keywords, plug them into Google and see what kind of volume you're working with. Uh, what you really have to avoid though, and we see this a lot, is Amazon, you can um, you can go pretty high up the funnel in terms of keywords. So if you sell uh, like golf balls, for example, you could probably get away with like golf accessories or gift ideas for guys, right? Because, you know, you search that on, someone searches that on Amazon, they scroll through the marketplace and they go, oh, actually, you know, that's a great idea, golf balls. On Google, you need to be very product specific. Your keywords need to be like, golf balls, golf balls, Amazon, right? It's got to be product specific searches. So if you do start 
with your Amazon keywords, start with those long tail ones that are very product specific. Mm -hmm. That is interesting. Also, like heard you talking, I think on other podcasts as well as something that it was interesting that you were mentioning uh, on Amazon, people are going to search for something specific and on Google is like about the product or about, as you were saying, okay, the golf ball, would you like mind a bit like expanding that and like uh, just giving like even more uh, examples on that? Yeah. So the way to think about Google, right. And you can kind of put yourself in how you use Google oftentimes uh, is there's a lot of different types of researches, uh, different types of uh, searches. There's research based ones. So uh, let's, uh, it's so hard to think of products on the spot. Let's think about, let's go back to that dust buster, right? right? So uh, a research search term on Google would be something like, um, how do I, how do I clean my house, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. Cleaning my house ideas. And so that's very clearly not a product specific search term. That's very top of the funnel. Mm -hmm. um, those kind of things much better for, you don't want to bid on those keywords like at all. Right. Mm -hmm. And what you want to do from there <clears throat> is go that next step down. Okay. So once someone searched how to clean my house or how to, you know, pick up dust, now they're going to start going, okay, what's the best dust buster or what's the best vacuum? Uh, those are questions, right? Questions you don't really want to bid on, right? Those those are keywords you want to stay away from, search terms you want to stay away from. Uh, but hopefully someone does that search on Google, they do their research, and then they go, okay, I've got it narrowed down. I want <clears throat> um, a dust buster. And you know what? I've actually gone a step further. And I know that I want a battery-powered dust buster because they've done their research and they've decided that they don't want to drag a cord around or something like that. Now they've done those two steps of research. Now that consumer is going to come back to Google and they're going to type battery powered dust buster. So that situation, they've done all the research. We avoided those keywords. They did the middle of the funnel research. And now they've come back and they told Google, I know what I want. And when you can tap into those keywords where it's clear that that customer has already made their decision, now they're just looking for where to buy it. And then you give them an ad that goes straight to your product listing or your Amazon storefront page that is exactly what they're asking for. And it has two day shipping and it's at a competitive price. It's, it's probably going to convert. Right. So that's the things you have to really think through, make sure we're getting those long tail keywords. Like even, even Dustbuster, that is a Google search term. It can work, but that consumer is typing Dustbuster in. they haven't said, they haven't specified what kind of Dustbuster. Right. So there's still a little bit in that research phase of what kind of dustbuster they want. But battery powered dustbuster, cordless dustbuster, that's a very clear indication. They've done their research. They're ready to purchase. Mm, love it. Yeah. So as you, you were mentioning, this is very similar, kind of similar to the long, longer tail keywords on Amazon, like something specific that you already know what it is. You just want to buy it. Correct. <clears throat> correct. Yeah. And the thing with Google where it's different from Amazon is Amazon, there's similar stages, you know, uh, I, we don't do anything on Amazon ads, we're strictly Google ads, that's all we know. But um, in talking to Amazon brands and kind of getting better understanding of their ad strategies, they have different campaigns targeting those different keyword groups, each have different, you know, ACOS goals and, and uh, results and whatnot. But on Amazon, you can have you can bid on terms like Dustbuster or ways to clean my house or whatever. And what will happen though, is you won't get a ton of clicks because people are able to qualify the product before 
they click on your ad, right? Mm -hmm. So they just kind of scroll through, they're getting their thing. And when they do click on your ad, it's a very low click through rate, but probably a pretty high conversion rate because you qualified them with the image and all, all that stuff on that search result page. Whereas on Google, because there's no image, if you bid on those keywords like you do on Amazon, you'll get the clicks. <laughs> you'll definitely get the clicks, but they'll bounce or they'll leave or they'll go somewhere else because they're not ready to buy. So it's really important to avoid using all of your Amazon keywords, but focus on those very long tail ones. Yeah, great advice. Sometimes though, like what I see also on that end, uh, again, I experimented with a lot of stuff, right? So, and based on what I experimented with, sometimes the longer tail keywords, uh, Google also acknowledges that there's no not enough search demand. So you're not talking about those right. keywords, right? You're talking about right. there's still search demand. This is the okay, great. Yeah. And that's the trick is you need to understand the search volume on Google. Usually, you know, the reason like Google is a great channel, but it's not going to be your Amazon channel, right? Amazon's going to probably give you high volume. It's going to be your, your, probably your most efficient channel, but Google is going to be a way to engage your customer outside the walls of Amazon, build that brand awareness, but also get pretty decent conversion rates as long as you're getting those long tail ones. So we never try to set expectation. Like, you know, say you spend, $20,000 a month on Amazon ads, you're not going to be spending $20,000 a month on Google ads. You're probably in the few thousand dollar a month range because you're so focused on those long tail keywords. The volume is just not going to be there, but it's going to be really supplemental. It's going to be really beneficial to filling up your business and your book of business. I love it. So you already, I think like we are 40 minutes in the podcast and you already saved a ton of money for a lot of people. <laughs> the most common thing that I hear saying again, because we are trying to start out new things and trying to fix, okay, not only on Amazon, and most people would advise against exactly the opposite to go for the longest tail, highest search volume, whatever. And that's how they are losing a lot of money. So thank you so much for this amazing trip. Yeah, it's unfortunate we see this a lot. So we try to front load this as much as we can in our education and just blasting this out as far into the market as possible. But it, it, it kills me when I look at campaigns and I'll see keywords like gift ideas for men. Mm -hmm. And you look at the product and it's like, yeah, that, that is a gift idea for men, but it, it's just so generic. Right. And that, you can get away with that on Amazon. Right. Yeah. But you just can't do that on Google. So you, we just really try to reinforce long tail product specific. And if there aren't product specific searches, for your products on Google, it's probably not the right channel for you to be advertising on. 100%, 100%. So you were mentioning also something about um, driving traffic. So the next step is driving traffic to the listing or driving traffic to the storefront. Which have you tried and what do you think that works best so far? Yeah, so we've tested a lot of this. Uh, when we actually first launched, uh, our company has been around for seven years. Uh, we actually started as an analytics company. Um, building technology for D2C companies to analyze their Google Analytics and their Google Ads data gravitated more towards the Google Ads data because it was so, you know, it, revenue oriented, right? People yeah. care where they spend. If you can make it more efficient, they're stickier, they stay with you. Uh, then we said, hey, why don't we send this Google traffic to the best converting website in the world, which is Amazon. And when we first started doing that, the question that every every alpha tester that we worked with asked was, hey, I'm really worried about sending Google traffic to my product listing page and having it hurt my conversion rates. So we said, all right, you know, what if we were to send it to a squeeze page? So you, you have a click on Google, you send it to a page off 
off of Amazon that kind of qualifies the traffic and then you click through to Amazon. So that the concept was when they click through to Amazon, they're qualified and they're ready to buy. We tested that pretty extensively. And what we found was it was not needed. Uh, so it wasn't needed for uh, several reasons. The first one was as long as you properly tag your external traffic with attribution, Amazon knows that it's external traffic and they treat it differently. Amazon knows external traffic is never going to convert at this, very rarely going to convert at the same rate as on Amazon traffic, but they're doing everything they can to encourage external traffic. So we never saw any, we saw conversion rates drop, but we never saw any negative impacts of that because Amazon said, hey, this is external traffic. Um, the other thing with those squeeze pages was it cut down on a lot of your traffic, right? So, uh, and, and it hurt. Your Google ad um, CPCs because you're sending it to a page that Google doesn't really know and it's not really fully built out. So your CPCs would be higher by sending it to a, uh, a squeeze page. But then even furthermore, a customer would get there and they, I mean, it's just like a landing page not associated with any like credible domain. So there's no trust. So it was like 50% of customers would hit that page and leave. And then only 50% would actually go through to the listing. So you paid for a hundred clicks, but only 50 actually got to your product. Mm -hmm. So for all those reasons, right? Hey, we don't need to do a squeeze page. Let's just go straight to the listing. Uh, so we started going straight to the listing and conversion rates obviously increased a lot, less bounce rates. Uh, we saw actually the opposite of what was expected to where when you send external traffic to a listing page, even if it doesn't convert that well, we were seeing Amazon giving rank rewards uh, because they were trying to say, hey, like you got you're getting customers to our website, like keep doing that, right? So they're, it's easy for them to give rank rewards, right? They have it factored into their A9 algorithm of uh, weighting external traffic heavier. Um, but then we took it a step further and we're like, okay, product listing pages are great. It's Amazon, you know, customers know Amazon, trust Amazon, but there is a drawback with listing pages because yes, it's your product, but there's a lot of other similar products right below your listing, right? And so there's a little bit of a funnel leakage where a customer comes in for that dust buster and then they see a bunch of other dust busters with different review counts, different pricing and all that. Uh, so when we started experimenting with Amazon storefront pages and we found a lot of success on Amazon storefront pages uh, for most products. It's not every product. So we definitely recommend our brands, if they want to do storefront pages, do both, you know, put a few bucks towards your listing page, copy that campaign, do the exact same campaign and send it to your storefront page and see which one gives you better conversion rates. But usually the storefront one wins out because there's no competition on that page. It builds more brand awareness because you're able to lead with your brand. But most importantly, you can set up these listing, these uh, Amazon storefront landing pages as a way to where they're transactional. Uh, with the add to cart button there, uh, it's called a product section. It literally just pulls in your product listing information, all the bullet points, all the videos, all the images, and has the add to cart button there. So a customer can land there, add it to cart if they like it. If they don't like it, you fill the rest of the page up with your A-plus content, overcoming objections. So you can actually have a landing pages that sells the product. You know, on a, a product listing page, there's a lot of good content, but a lot of the times you're keyword stuffing and you're doing things for organic ranking reasons and you're not truly overcoming objections or hitting on the benefits that your customers care about. You can do all that on a well-built and well-designed uh, Amazon storefront landing page. 
100% and I, I love the fact that you also mentioned that it has to be optimized for a purchase. Most of the time that I see there are a lot of very beautiful storefronts, but it's you have to click here, you have to do that, you have to do this. So there's no no easy way so for someone to shop directly from the page. So I think also that had to do with the fact that it's not like a, an easier conversion, like made for a customer who just found the product and they would like to buy, right? That's exactly it. And, you know, a lot of a lot of Amazon brands haven't really put too much investment into their Amazon storefront. I know it's a newer area uh, that Amazon released more recently, and there hasn't really been a great way to get traffic there. So a lot of brands created storefront and said, all right, I'll do it. Amazon told me I can do it, so I'll do it. But if you can't, if you don't have a strategy to drive traffic there, there's no reason to invest a lot of time and efforts into building it out. But I think what's so cool about it is with external traffic, you can send traffic there mm -hmm. and you can set it up to look like a Shopify page. You can set it up to where it's a very well-designed brand first page that's very transactional. And you'll see a lot of the bigger companies will have it be a pretty mirror image of their D2C website. Uh, it's pretty funny. Look at Go look at some brands that do D2C as well as Amazon. Look at their Amazon storefront. It's pretty much the exact same design. And the biggest thing, right, is it's not lifestyle images. It's not pretty. It's not, it's not all that. It's transactional, right? Mm -hmm. If a customer is asking for a dustbuster, let them add it to cart right then and there. You don't need to show them a bunch of pictures or videos of it. Like just let them add it to cart and then fill the rest of the page up with the pretty stuff if you want to do that. I love it. Super, super helpful advice there. So that now we like have our keyword research done. We have set up our store. Um, what's next? Expectations when it comes to okay, how to track performance? Does it work? Does it not work? Which are the things that should be improved? Yeah. So once you set up, once you've launched, once you've decided where you're going to send the traffic to, now the question is, you know, is it working? How long does it take to work? Uh, Google does take a little bit longer than Amazon ads. Amazon ads is pretty um, like quick satisfaction, right? Yeah, yeah. Google, it's not a hack, right? It, it's a long-term strategy. So it takes some commitment to get done. Uh, we really recommend brands, like if you're going to do Google ads, it's going to take you about three months to really nail and the reason that is, is a lot of times there's no historical data. So month one, you got to launch your campaigns. You got to pay and collect all that data. Month two, you're analyzing and optimizing it. And then month three, you're going to have a pretty clear understanding of how impactful it's going to be on your business. Now, the impact is felt in a few different ways. First off, um, you can be able to see the ACoS. If you use a solution like Amped, you're going to be able to see your Google and Amazon data perfectly married together down to keyword level insights. So what keywords work, what keywords don't work. Um, and we're going to get that ACoS plus that 10% brand referral bonus for anyone listening. The brand referral bonus is Amazon saying, here's 10% back for any sale that comes in from external traffic. So if you have a 30% ACoS from Google ads, that's actually a 20% ACoS once you factor in that 10%. So that's a very important part of this. Yeah. Um, so how much you're getting in brand referral bonus, what your ACoS is, ACoS is very much a leading indicator. You know, with Amazon ads, we know that like, I think the average Amazon ACoS is like 27% or something like that. So it's, it's pretty good. It's pretty efficient and it's very, very accurate. That's Amazon's bread and butter. It's their moneymaker, right? It's very yeah. accurate. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Amazon attribution, it's good, but it's not hundred percent accurate. 
So what we see is, you know, you want to treat ACOS from Google as a leading indicator. It needs to be solid, but just know that whatever you see, it's likely actually better because they're still working on some attribution issues. There's iOS issues that also impact the accuracy of tracking. The pixels will drop off in certain situations, right? And it's a problem that I think some of it can be overcome, but also consumers purchasing path is very complex, especially from external traffic. They'll click on the ad, they'll look at your product, maybe they'll add it to cart, they'll leave, they'll come back on their desktop and then they'll look at it again, then maybe they convert and all that stuff. Um, so with Google, ACOS is important, it's a leading indicator, but you're filling the funnel. Mm -hmm. And a lot of our brands are able to see the impact of this by looking at total sales. So what's really great about um, external traffic and Google ads is you can export that data and you can import it into your tacos equations. So you can see, okay, we've been filling our funnel. Are we getting those conversions eventually? And what we really recommend is, you know, ACOS leading indicator for sure, it's important. But if you have a 10% tacos before turning on Google ads, you run Google ads for a few months and you import your Google data into your tacos equations, and you're still at 10%, but your sales have increased, mm -hmm. you've efficiently added a new channel, right? And so that's really how you want to be thinking about external traffic um, because the attribution is good, but it's, it's still getting more and more accurate by the day. I love that approach. And uh, as you're mentioning, usually attribution, it's like kind of wonky. The tags are wonky. So one of the things um, that I'm also looking at whenever I tried out uh, Google Ads, is looking at the bonus that you earned because if the bonus is like way higher than the sales that you made technically that's like more than 10 percent of it that it makes sense that you brought in more sales via those ads right yeah that's certainly one way to look at it um amazon's going to uh, they track your brand referral bonus they kind of put it in a little bank for you so you can see it over time which is cool mm -hmm. um it, it is that's certainly one way to do it. It is um, a, a little bit unfortunate because sometimes when the attribution tags fall off yeah. or situations like there's only a 14 day attribution window. Mm -hmm. So if someone clicks your ad, adds it to cart, you'll see the ad to cart, but then maybe they end up purchasing it 15 days later. You won't get the actual BRB brand referral bonus on that purchase because it was outside that 15 day window. You still get that uh, credit, like you still get that sale, but it just won't be reflected in attribution data. So that's like, I mean, one of the many reasons why, you know, ACOS is important, but you're filling the funnel, right? Yep. So it's, it's not just the end all be all metric like it is on Amazon ads. 100% love it. So we talked about a lot and we talked about first keyword research, understanding where to bring the traffic, then what to expect next. I think the most most interesting way would be CPC costs, since that's something that we are looking on the Amazon ad sites as well. Where are the costs compared to Google ads? And should one consider CPC costs also when they are going to track this? Definitely. So CPC costs are very important. Usually uh, the CPCs on Google are lower than Amazon. Mm -hmm. um, the average CPC that we see is about 60 cents per click. It depends on the industry, right? Um, yeah. But that's definitely one of the factors that we try to guide our brands through um, before launch is, you know, are you entering a market where the CPCs on Google are $4 a click? If they are, like your product needs to be selling for $100 or more in order for those economics to work, 
right? If you're selling a $9 item and the CPCs on Google are three or $4 a click, those are certainly yellow and red flags of maybe this isn't the channel uh, for your product just because it's just too congested. But if you're selling a $15 item and the CPCs on Google are 20 cents per click, you, you, that's those economics can work with a decent conversion rate, right? So you definitely want to keep an eye on that and kind of understand what it is going in. If you start testing and you're seeing those CPCs are off, you know, reach out to the AMP team and have us take a quick look uh, to help you evaluate that. But um, that is a very important part of it because the economics certainly have to uh, pencil at the end of the day. 100% love it. So that, that we talked also about CPC, I think one more question is that what do you see the most common mistakes people make whenever either they use their services, either they they have false expectations or they do something wrong just because it's popular? Yeah, it's uh, to be honest, it's just jumping in and just loading up Google ads with Amazon keywords. Uh, you need to be very intentional with how to think about Google ads. People search the platforms very, very differently. And you just got to be very intentional with it. So it's kind of an interesting thing is, yes, we want everyone to try AMP. We want everyone to try Google ads, but uh, we want you to be intentional about it. Uh, that was actually one of our biggest learnings over the last year, year and a half since we launched was, you know, Amazon is certainly, uh, people love their hacks, right? And Google's not a hack. Google's a long-term strategy. So if you're ready to think about adding a second channel to your business to start building an omni-channel, um, strategy for your brand. Uh, let's talk. Well, let's, you know, let's be intentional about it. Let's make sure that Google is right for your business. And if it is, we're going to give you all the tools and resources to make it as efficient and successful as possible. If it's not, we want to try to, you know, show you the data to understand if it's not right for you, why is it not right for you? And um, basically provide that guidance. I like that. And I love, love your approach. You're way more like, are we a good fit? If we're not a good fit, just like don't have expectations. That's, I think right. it's very, very important. Most of the service providers, like tools and platforms, they don't have that. And this is why I think there's so much distrust coming into the, okay, I just want your business. So I really appreciate that whenever someone just comes across and they are proving that they have integrity. So thank you for that. Yeah, definitely. It was a huge learning lesson for us um, over the last year is, you know, when we first came into the Amazon world, we'd come from D2C enterprise e-commerce brands. So working with longer, very long sales cycles, uh, very con kind of consultation standpoint uh, before those brands would use our technology. Mm -hmm. And we came into the Amazon world and it was just the floodgates opened, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. And so now this year, our focus for us is like, all right, how do we really make sure that these brands and, you know, a lot of them are, you know, small, medium-sized businesses. Like we want to protect your budgets as much as possible uh, while also giving you the opportunity to leverage a new channel. So it's something that we're trying to be pretty intentional with, not like exclusive by any means of like, Hey, we don't work with you unless we want to work with you. That's certainly not what we're trying to do. We just want to make sure if Google ads is right for your business, we want to crush it for you. If Google ads is not right for your business, you know, let's talk about it and let's, let's be intentional here. 100% appreciate it. So I think we did it. The last question, are there any questions I should have asked and I haven't? I don't think so. Um, you know, the question that I get all the time is about the brand referral bonus program. Right. Um, you know, right now it's for US-based uh, 3P sellers. My understanding and the question is like, is that expanding? Is that expanding to vendors? Is that expanding to Europe, et cetera? Um, I believe it is. I don't actually know. 
Uh, we're kind of waiting uh, on Amazon to give us the indicators on what it is. It does seem like it is going to be expanding soon. If you look at attribution, at first it was in the U.S., they expanded to Europe. Now, just a couple months ago, it expanded to Mexico, mm-hmm. right? So we see attribution expanding to different markets, and I would anticipate the brand referral bonus is also expanding. Uh, I know a lot, a lot of brands do sell in the U.S., so a lot of them already have access to it. But um, we get that question all the time around brand referral bonus. So we're, we're excited about it. We think it's expanding uh, as Amazon's kind of upping the ante and leaning in more and more to encourage brands to bring in external traffic. 100%. As far as I know, there's no limitation on it, correct? So. No. Yeah. If you bring in a million dollars, they'll pay you out $100,000. So um, we, we've seen some pretty big bonuses that Amazon's provided. Brilliant. Brilliant. All right. I think we did it. Thank you so, so much for answering everything so precisely and so thoughtfully i really appreciate that but before i let you go to be super respectful of your time i love to ask these following questions all my guests the first one goes like this if you have made recently a 50 dollar or less investment in order to ensure that you are going to up your google ads game do you make $50 or more? Or sorry, what was that question? Yeah, like $50 or less investment that you recently made to up your Google Ads game. Oh, that I made? Yes. $50 or less. Um, let's see here. I think... Hmm. An investment that I made for $50 or less. Um... Is this, are you saying in regard to like a brand that I specifically run or in regard to like what we've invested into our brands that we help? Love the question, very analytical. No, so the question actually is simple. Most of the time people consider that like you have to invest a lot of money in order to learn one skill, right? So here it is a small like budget, like $50 or less that actually help you become better at i don't know what's one skill that is directly related to google advertising so it can be for brands it can be but for you personally as well so it's sure makes sense yeah 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 i think so uh so there's a lot of learning courses uh that are actually free free around google ads um so that's one that you know it's called getting google ads certified it's something that a lot of the folks on our team do you do a, a once a year basically. And it's actually a free course. So definitely less than 50 bucks. Uh, It's a really good course that we recommend. Uh, However, there is some nuances to it because it's going to give you training on how to leverage the platform typically for D2C. So you just have to kind of understand what's appropriate for D2C and what are the nuances of Google to Amazon. Mm -hmm. But it's definitely a course that if you're serious about Google ads, check it out because it's a free resource and uh, can definitely help you better understand the the ins and outs of the platform. 100%. Which are your top three favorite books and why do you love them? Top three favorite books. Yes. Uh, I've got this one right here, The Effective Executive. Okay. I've got a blurred out screen. You can't see it. Um, it's really, really well written uh, by Peter Drucker. And it's um, it just goes into, you know, how do you manage teams? How do you effectively run meetings. And I think that's uh, an area where I know I'm in meetings all day and a lot of them can go long and kind of wander all over the place. And it gives very tactical ways to how do you make meetings more concise? 
more efficient and really it's not about efficiency. It's about effectiveness. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that one I love um, essentialism is another great one that I love to where it talks about, you know, think of everything in your day to day, whether it's personal life or work life that isn't that you do, but it's not actually essential. Right. And I know for work wise, I always relate it to work. And there's a lot of things I do in my day to day that if I didn't do, our company would still be very successful. Right. So how do you really pinpoint and focus your attention on the things that are absolutely essential and get away from the things that are not essential? Uh, One of the things it does really well is it it teaches you to put you in the framework of saying no. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of times in work, someone says, hey, do you have a minute? Oh, sure. Yeah. What's up? Like, no, you don't have a minute. Like, what is it? (laughs) Like, what do you want Mm -hmm. me to minute of my time for? And then, you know, no is a very empowering word because it's going to give you a lot of time back. Uh, So I love that. And then um, a third book. um, I'll go uh, fiction, right? Uh, Harry Potter. I'm a a Harry Potter guy. (laughs) The relaxing, you know, the range of childhood and all that stuff. Uh, So that's always fun to read. Love it. Do you have a favorite book, like favorite chapter of it or something that it's like you like, especially? of the Harry Potter series? Yes, yes. Yeah, uh, Goblet of Fire. It's the best one by far. <laughs> awesome, awesome. I was asking because you gave so much details for the two previous books and I was like, here, he has to have details as well. And he did. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The Harry Potter is more of the relax and don't think too much, whereas the first two books are, you know, you gotta be a little bit more analytical about them. Tyler, thank you so, so much once again for being on the podcast. What is the best way that people can reach out to you, find out more about you and uh, what AMPT has to offer to them? Absolutely. Um, So AMPT is AMPT.io. You can find us on Google, (laughs) Google us. And um, you can reach out to me at uh, Tyler at AMPT.io. That's T-Y-L-E-R at AMPT.io. Love interacting with brands, love talking Google ads, uh, but we also have a great team too. Uh, we're all Google experts on this side. And if you have any questions, uh, give us a shout and we're happy to you know, talk it through with you guys, help understand if Google's the right channel for your business. 100%. Thank you once again for being on the show and to our lovely listeners. Thank you so much for listening to us next Wednesday. I'll be back. Thank you.